signs. As always tells you that you're listening to the Power of Three podcast, the Scottish Doctor Who podcast that likes to discuss, discourse, digest, and the dither. There we go. I couldn't find another word, so I dithered. Uh, I'm Kenny Smith, and I'm joined by my podcast pal, my mate, my co-conspirator. He's going to say hello. I'm not going to do it. I'm too lazy. Hi, everyone. John, uh, good to see you all. Obviously, that's only those who are on the YouTube channel. Indeed. Um, but, uh, all our all our listener as well. <laughs> we do like them. We like them all. Viewers, listeners, the lot. Welcome. So yeah, we're here to discuss the latest episode of Doctor Who that was broadcast on Saturday the 2nd of December, Wild Blue Yonder. But before we get there, John, you had an encounter with another member of the Power of Three regular co-hosting team the other day, didn't you? I did, yes, indeed. The one uh, that um, I've been uh, inadvertently impersonating on the uh, the website, or at least I was for a, a while, that my photograph was appearing under the, the caption of Tom Harris, and uh, yes, I had the pleasure of, of meeting Tom at a, a gathering of the, the Glasgow Glitterati, attending a performance of uh, two ghost stories by M.R. James, and it was uh, lovely to, to, to finally meet Tom, I'd never met him before. I only knew him from afar. So he's very tall, uh, he was isn't he? When I marched up to meet him, he's very tall. He is. I I dare say he would be handy in a fight. Um, and I did get a sense of that kind of uh, combat readiness as I as I said as I moved towards him to uh, to say hello. I think he thought I was coming at him for another reason. He possibly gets a lot of that in his daily life. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I had a chance to have a, a chat with him. And we exchanged pleasantries, and uh, he uh, admired my my Doctor Who T-shirt, which I was wearing underneath my my shirt. <laughs> I, I challenged them. I said, "Why are you not?" This was on the twenty third of November, and I said, "Why are you not at home watching a colorized episode of the Daleks?" And he said, "Well, I could ask you the same thing." <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we um, we bonded over that mutual love of of Doctor Who and uh, an appreciation for. The works of the master uh, Mr. James. So <laughs> not, nice. not the bearded fellow who goes <laughs> a different one. <laughs> I know exactly. It feels very empty though because we don't have Stevie here to do that. Uh, he, I think he'd be great doing an impersonation of Anthony Emily. You know, if you could perhaps dub him in at some point, that would be good. As if I've ever done that before to drop people in who are never there. No, I would never do that. Um, but then again, one of my exactly. favourite Twitter posts that I ever ran was. How do you like your master, Ainley or Beavers? So, a very cheeky poll that I did, and <laughs> people seem to prefer Beavers with my Twitter followers. So, so there we go. Anyway, we're not here That's to talk quite about counterintuitive, really, isn't it? It's not a bit. the response I would have expected on the whole, but never mind. Well, on the whole, <laughs> right? Can we move on? It's an 
night's episodes. Yes, absolutely. Yes, we're going to discuss um, Wild Blue Yonder. So, John, was it what you expected? Those who are avid viewers and listeners and readers of, of the magazine will recall uh, the last time we spoke uh, that you'd invited us to think a little bit about what we were expecting. And I said I had zero expectations because I knew nothing about what was uh, coming. And that remained the case right up until tonight, thankfully. Uh, there was a little bit of a, a buzz in some corners of social media um, with some spoilers and I managed to remain blissfully spoiler free um, although I did in a fit of low level displeasure uh, unfollow someone on Twitter so uh, so yeah basically I went into the episode with like no expectations and I was conscious actually of a little pleasant flashback to oh it's Doctor Who time as I was like pottering about and getting ready and so on, I thought, oh, hang on a minute, 50 minutes to go, da 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 da. It's been a long time since I've actually felt that little frisson of excitement um, that took me right back to being a kid. One eye on the clock, right, how long have I got to go? Uh, okay, yeah, I've got to get myself into the into the zone. I've not done that for a long time, really a long, long time. So, yeah, so I had that kind of expectation building up but I really didn't know anything at all about the the episode yeah I was expecting some appearances based on some of the rumors that we'd heard yesterday on Twitter which claimed that Matt mm -hmm. Smith and Peter Capaldi would turn up playing evil versions of the doctor and I have to admit literally until the last scene I was still expecting them to show up in some form which would have been well fascinating but obviously they didn't yep. well that's what that's what as i said i was i was going to blame you for planting those thoughts in my head and uh, right up until the last minute i was looking at my watch i'm saying 20 past uh i said right have we got time for a for a big reveal yeah so the uh, although i had no expectations of the and um, what was going to come you had planted that little seed of a thought in my head that there might be um that those redacted uh, names that were taken out in um, Doctor Who magazine might refer to Matt Smith or Eccleston or Capaldi or whatever. So, yeah, apart from that, yeah, I, I, I came in as a an, an innocent and naive uh, spectator to tonight's episode. Yep, I was the same. Unlike you, I was just watching The Weakest Things, thinking, hurry up, just, just finish. Come on, just just hurry up. Just answer the questions more quickly. Just yeah, I don't care, Maisie Adams. Just just get it wrong. I don't care. Just get off the screen. I just want Doctor Who to start. And uh, of course, I was hugely offended before the program began, uh, thanks to the BBC Scotland continuity announcer saying, "You know, get ready, Whovians," which is not a word, yeah. not the correct word for Doctor Who fans. So, because I know people in the BBC Scotland press office, I've actually been in touch with them to say, "Please." Tell your continuity announcer, never use that term because it's actually derogatory to my mind. So please yeah. never, ever, ever use it again. So hopefully that will be covered for next week. I was I was wondering if you had written in because as soon as I heard that, I thought, oh, yeah, there was a sharp intake of breath. Yeah. I thought Kenny's not going to be happy at this. No. Um, he's, he's already struck down one uh, media career in BBC Cymru and he's going now for... BBC Scotland so yeah. hopefully it won't happen again it was a regretful 
a regretful incident, but yeah, not to be repeated. Yeah, they were tweeted at. I've just checked. Yeah, six thirty-one. My tweet was sent. So there we go. Right. Anyway, okay. Let's have a chat about the episode itself. I mean, let's be honest. It's very hard to sort of sum it up in terms of you know a few words. For me, it was a bit of Event Horizon. It was a bit Midnight, Doctor Who Midnight. It was yeah. almost a bit alien with that, and um, just that the spaceship feel and just what on earth is going on. And then, of course, the other Doctor and Donna show up and you just think, what's going on here? And then the hands, and which look great, um, great amused by that. And the poor little robot. But the thing that I did guess, I did wonder, is it going to be slow time? Is that why the robot's being so slow? Is somebody slowed down time? And that's why I thought, oh, there could be like evil versions of like the 11th and 12th Doctors could have been involved doing that. And that was first thinking, oh, it's going to happen, it's going to be that. But no, it wasn't. Something else entirely. And it's just that something outside coming in. It's just, and the thing, that's the other one as well. That's mm-hmm. great influence. And the tension was great because it, I actually could find myself oh, drawing in breath and then just sort of like, what's going to happen? Because you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And and for me it was the tension was fantastic it felt like midnight in that sense yeah yeah I, I, that 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 was certainly my my kind of feeling about it too that it was midnight if donna had had got up off the the, the lounger um, at her spa break and gone and gone with the doctor uh, yeah it had very much that kind of that kind of feel to it also a, a few hints of uh, silence in the library as well i thought just that kind of the jarring use of a common phrase that kind of um, brings you up short, sort of thing. So I thought, I thought there were those kind of vibes. Also, the the massive spaceship took me back to, oh, what was the episode? I've forgotten the name of the episode. Um, the Capaldi story with the Cybermen. Um, the Doctor Falls uh, and the Doctor yeah. Falls. Yeah, uh, uh, just this this massive spaceship, and then all the issues around time and space and gravity or mavity that came about uh, in, in that so I, I also agree I thought there was a real sense of suspense that thing where you're just kind of guessing who who is who who's the real doctor who's the real Donna I thought I, I was really struck by and the thing I've been looking out for in in, in, in tenants performance is you know that he's not the tenth doctor and Obviously, it's the same actor and the same voice, and you and you're looking out for, for 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 things that kind of make that difference. And I've noticed that, as well as the continuing frenetic energy that he brings to the role, I think fourteen is more spontaneously affectionate. Like he kisses Donna twice in the course of the episode. You know, so that so that's different, and I think it sits really nicely, and it kind of fed into this idea of he doesn't have the tenth Doctor's guilt again. You know, got this kind of survivor's guilt and the the anger and the trauma of the Time War. But then I thought, oh no, is he bringing back in now a bit of trauma of flux? And that was my kind of it's not really a niggle, but following on to what we were talking about last week in terms of that kind of exposition dump and continuity stuff why why bring that in uh, if you're trying to bring in new viewers and trying to perhaps reconnect with an audience that maybe left the show at or around the time of 
the Tenth Doctor's regeneration and uh, having left Donna behind. But then I was thinking, well, maybe it's fair enough. You know, I, I wasn't sure the whole kind of thing about the wide blue yonder and the military overtones of the of the of the music, that kind of war song that people sing in a jolly way that was kind of picked up in the dialogue with the with the aliens. Are they called nothings, by the way, or no things? That's um, a good question. I don't know. But this idea that they that they had this kind of song of well, this idea of war that kind of stimulated them and appealed to them. Uh, and I thought, is 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 that what they've heard? Is is the events of flux and all the destruction that attended that, you know, wiping out half the the universe, um, is that what's reached them and has drawn them in? So there were lots of kind of questions in my head, and I, 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 I you know, if David were here, he'd be kind of saying, I need to watch it again, and I probably do need to watch it again to kind of clarify some of those questions in my own my own head, but. Uh, but no, I, I really, um, I really like that that element of it. In terms of the special effects, again, like last week, thinking they've really thrown um, a, a heap of money at this, and it looked so good in the spaceship shots and all of that. But oddly enough, some of the other special effects looked slightly, and I have to be very careful what I'm saying here, but they looked slightly ropey, um, and it took me back in some ways. To the the Lazarus experiment, kind of you were looking at those now, thinking, "Oh, that looks, you know, that's kind of aged." There were some here tonight. That I thought, mm, given the fact that everything else is so absolutely slick, and all the time and effort they went into those, you know, those prosthetics for the huge hands and all of that, there were just some things I thought, "No, this feels like I'm watching this in 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 2006 or 2007." I don't know if you felt the same way. I think the jaw looked a bit wrong. It didn't quite look you know, almost like as, as liquidy as it perhaps should have done. I'd have thought that would have been the look, and it just seemed to sort of like it seemed to be more like play-doh than water, if that makes sense. So just uh -huh. that the way rather than, and I'd have expected to be a bit more fluid that way. But I know what you mean, but I mean the sc the scenes in the corridor look great with all that just that huge long hall. And you can, obviously it's all been green screen. In fact, the majority of this stuff must have been green screen with three, maybe four sets built and redressed. And mm -hmm. So I don't know if this is the, the cheap one of the specials or the expensive one, given the amount of CGI involved. Um, uh -huh. But I think it was, I mean, it was a good watch. Um, I think it, it was very pleasing on the eye, particularly the control room and just looking at it into nothing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's quite a scary thought, just sort of knowing that you're in the edge of everything and there's absolutely nothing out there that nowhere to go, nothing to see, that's it. But the whole, so yeah, the whole uh -huh. concept, as you say, of um, these nothings coming in because the whole idea of you know being attracted to war is fascinating. And I think it, it was quite a nice wee reference mm -hmm. to Flux. It wasn't gratuitous. It's, it, I mean, it's Russell doing what Russell does, summed it up very quickly with one deft sort of, um, oh, just sort of you destroyed half the universe or whatever it was that he said. And, uh -huh. and sort of like, yeah, that's quite a, quite a neat line, quite a nice way of doing it and been able to cover it and mm -hmm. explain what happened even for those who didn't. So I'm almost tempted to go back and watch Flux now just out of almost, mm -hmm. not quite, mm -hmm. but almost. I've got too much <laughs> on this week to watch. And um, uh -huh. So yeah, I thought that was quite interestingly done. And of course, all this stuff with the salt and talking about myth yeah. and superstition, thought this is very interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that he's sort of picking up on it at the end and then dismisses it. And almost like the, I mean, that's definitely a 10th Doctor trait. 
that arrogant mm-hmm. sort of thinking that something's significant then nah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter at all and so that's a very 10th doctor mm-hmm. kind of thing but as you say very mm-hmm. affectionate like like matt's doctor would be this with a lot more yeah. huggy and things like that so mm-hmm. yeah and as you mentioned last week admitting that you loved donna which was which was very nice i like that touch uh-huh. Uh-huh. i think it's fascinating to know where it's going i mean the thing that i'm really disappointed in is the fact that it's only three episodes because Mm-hmm. I could have I could have a whole season. Can I have you know well, is eight the standard length of a season now? But can I have eight? Please? Uh-huh. Can, we, can we find five more, or can you let Big Finish make five more and put them on the telly mm-hmm. as well? Anyway, oh. mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying about you know there is this kind of chilling aspect to it. You know when you see the Doctor kind of pressing his hands against the glass and looking out into this absolute blackness and I thought there's a real kind of juxtaposition there between the title of this you know white blue yonder and then you know what we think of white blue yonder but maybe at the end all that you have is this big vast black emptiness mm-hmm. and that kind of contrast and it, it, it did come across really really well and if you think if that's all you've got then uh, if you were a sentient being you would want to get away from that completely um you know and i thought that was kind of picked up on uh, you know it wasn't kind of wasn't you know a point that was labored but you know you've got the doctor obviously with a kind of a, a wider perspective and a sense of compassion saying well why don't we kind of talk to these people these you know beings and try and make peace with them, you know, albeit the fact they're not really, not really up for, for peace. I was I was tickled by the the opening sequence with Isaac Newton. I know there'll be some people who will be frothing slightly over elements of the of the casting, but I enjoyed that. I, I thought Nathaniel Curtis was really good as as Newton. Um, it's a I suppose it's a bit redundant. Well, I was quite pleased because I've actually seen him very recently. He was uh, playing in in Glasgow a couple of weeks ago in the the touring uh, production of Two Twenty Two: A Ghost Story. So I, I've seen him recently in the flesh, as it were. The, the scene itself doesn't have much to do other than give us a bit of a laugh and uh, this this um, concept of mavity, although. The classicist in me was kind of bridling slightly, saying, "Of course, there's a there's a word gravity that would have been very well known to to people in the 17th century, especially Isaac Newton." But it was a bit of a it was a, a bit of a gag, uh, and I, and I enjoyed the gag and the little bit of exposition that followed uh, in uh, Doctor Who Unleashed with uh, David Tennant explaining to Catherine that you know this how this is how the the timeline would be altered by them you know in a, a timey-wimey way yeah i haven't so, seen it yet yeah. i haven't seen uh, oh, oh sorry i've spoiled it for that's, you that's that's listen if that's always spoiled it's fine no I, I will be having a look at that later but no just going back to the the blackness outside i think um because recently i lost my aunt elizabeth and it was the funeral last week and just sort of that you know just looking into that blackness and the great beyond and just thinking there's nothing there and just think and it's again it's like that torchwood like when jack comes back and says there's nothing when he mm-hmm. comes back and it's just that it's very bleak very very mm-hmm. bleak and it and it reminded me of that as well just thinking like of course you want there to be something in the next life but it was quite a 
yeah, just very, very clever. I think there was also a death metaphor there as well with what Russell was mm-hmm. doing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Very... Well, you don't get any more, any more of a metaphor than, than a, a dead horse alien floating around in its space. So, again, that was, there's a bit of me going, what the? But it's beautifully done. You know, it's a very striking image. And there's a bit of me in my head trying to reconstruct the, you know, what would the the horse, space horse, have, uh, have looked like? But also, why is it in this presuming void? Why is it decomposed to that extent? But I don't know. These are questions that we have to put in a stamp stress envelope to Russell T. Davis to answer. Or I just send him an email. No, we'll let, maybe not pay oh, him at the yeah. moment. Here we go. Here hey, we go. Kenny's okay. bottomless address book works wonders, and as you know, who we're going to have on very, very soon, it's not bad. Indeed, so so I so I understand. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk about oh. the last couple of minutes. What a joy! I was not expecting to see Bernard in this episode. I was expecting him to be next episode, and just to see yeah. that and hear that voice, and and it, I just I felt so happy and so sad at the same time. Just thinking. Mm-hmm. He was gone within weeks of, of shooting that scene. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, well, I hope it's not a spoiler, but it's revealed, and you may have known this already anyway, but the in Confidential or Unleashed, it, it's, you know, we, we see him attending the read-through and all of that, so he wanted to be part of the production um, right up to the end, and there's some lovely kind of personal tributes um, to him uh, in the in the unleashed as well, so yeah, it was it was lovely, just that kind of beautifully right moment, really, considering the kind of the resonance of the character of Wolf for the tenth Doctor, mm-hmm. and you know that he was the one who who knocked and all of that. That he's come back and he's so utterly delighted and transformed yeah. to see to see the doctor again yeah um, it was lovely and the joy in david's face as well that was just genuine yeah 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 absolutely you know and it must have you know even in terms of the character it must have brought some such healing to him to see him alive again you know and all of that 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 was yeah it was really really nice and as you said i wasn't expecting it you know so he obviously was one of the one of the redacted names and I assume the other one was Neil Patrick Harris if it was referring to the to the trailer which is very exciting but also just um, mentioning Bernard I do wonder if we're going to get a scene of him going into the TARDIS which would be great wouldn't it particularly with that with all the access there with the thing and how good was that bit when the fake Donna was chucked out by the doctor tilting up the the the, the, the walkway to dump her out of the TARDIS I love that well that lets us know what those other doors are for they're um for rejection purposes. <laughs> uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But yeah, next time, that was just exactly the fact we're going to, mm. obviously, we, we know we're going to get shooty, but of course there's all these rumours that we're going to have this double regeneration where you're going to have David and shooty present together and the toy makers mm. messed around with things, so who knows, but we'll know this time next week and it's kind of scary to think that's mm. the whole era of another incarnation of the Doctor over and done with. Yeah, yeah. It's a horrible thought. Blink and you miss it. I or know. don't blink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever you do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, that said, I was watching an episode of Storage Hunters UK earlier, and a guy had got a load of. This is you know the show where they buy, you're know, like 
people who've put their stuff into storage and haven't paid for it. So it then gets auctioned mm-hmm. off. So these people turned up and inside one of these units, there's a whole load of statues for the garden. And the narrator is the guy who does, is it Simon Greenall who does Road Trip? I think it's him. And he says, whatever you do, Scotty, don't blink with a ridiculous reference to Doctor Who in there, which is, there's not, nothing, uh-huh. it's not explained at all, but it's just statues uh-huh. and don't blink. So it's, I thought I was quite amazed by that. Anyway, uh-huh. going back, the thought of the toy maker controlling the David Tennant, you know, with by strings is horrible. It's like, I think mm-hmm. it's one of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. It's got Freddy Krueger controlling people like puppets with like fleshy strings and it's, oh, gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great, well, it was a great trailer. I mean, it was a very dark, ending to the to the episode you know mm-hmm. with the people fighting and then the plane crashing and all that it was um very well well says that you know it's the it's the end of the world and it just felt so so ap- apocalyptic so yeah i think we've been set up for a, a really in many ways dark story to come if it follows on tonally from the from the end of the of, of tonight's episode yeah, but of course we know it'll end in joy though, because obviously there's regenerations are always joyous when the Doctor lives again. So, and yeah, can... it was lovely to see Shooty, yeah, yeah, and, and that new because we've kind of drip fed these, you know, static shots mm-hmm. um, of him. So it was nice to sort of see him in a proper contextual shot too. Absolutely, looking forward to it. Is he going to have a Scottish accent? But and we'll, we've got, you know, the, the, there'll be a. You know, for, for, for those of us who are privileged to be to be Scots and are egging on uh, even the the fact that he has his Mockney accent with the the Fourteenth Doctor, um, we're going to have John Logie Baird in the next episode as well from Helensburgh, yep. Helensburgh Massive, and uh, yeah, who knows what Shooty will be uh, sounding like? Um, it's hard to pick up so far, and I wonder, yeah, maybe you know more than I do. I don't. I don't. I mean, given that pretty much all we've heard so far is what the hell is going on, uh-huh. and um, that's pretty much all we know. So yeah, it's going to be interesting just to to see how he sounds, and um, but very exciting just to to have a new Doctor. And as you say, I think we're I mean we're blessed that six incarnations, yeah, six incarnations of the Doctor have been Scottish. So sorry, Dave Steele, there are three David Tennant different incarnations. <laughs> Plus, of course, the Metacrisis Doctor as well. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's uh, four David Tennant Doctors. <laughs> I can see that. Dave's not here to argue, so he's working just now. So, uh-huh, we win. <laughs> so, yes, that's um, exciting. So, will we be back this time and do it all again next week? Absolutely, yes. Yep, I'll be wearing my 15th Doctor costume or whatever Doctor costume. I've, I've got my I've got my leather effect coat ready for that. I've got my orange jumper all ready to go and my and my tweed. So yes, I will go with that. It's a good look. I hope so. I hope so. But John, you know what's coming next. Well, with a sense of duty, but also due trepidation, uh, Kenny, can I ask you, what do you have in mind to play us out with tonight? And is it possible that we'll be able to get through this without another uh, 25 minutes of Wikipedia searches and trolling Spotify? <laughs> no, it's good. I thought of this one beforehand because I thought if this has got Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi, then this track would work. But also given that we got the Doctor and Donna, it still works because we got to see their familiar faces. 
So I think we should turn back the clock to 1994 and go with Two Unlimited oh. and Faces. Oh, wow. One of my favourites. <laughs> By the way, David Whitaker texted to say you've never to contact him again. Okay. So, right. This is David Just, Whitaker, the yeah, musician, yeah. rather than David Whitaker from Beyond the Grave, the writer. But David Whitaker, the rapper. Okay, right. We'll leave David Whitaker, the rapper, alone. We'll, we'll let him go on. Damn it. Oh, well. Anyway, until next time, I've been Kenny Smith. And I've been a very tired John Boland, but uh, lovely as always. Thank you to our, our listener and our viewer and our reader. <laughs> yes, coming soon, Power 3 magazine. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sympathize, understand, give love and peace to the other fellow man.